0: This is Truth Talks.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. This will be our season finale for the Truth Talks podcast. And with me today, I have uh, the pastor of Belcroft Bible Church. I literally almost said Hope Bible Church. <laughs> It's hey, the wrong church It's a good church Yeah, it's a good church But that's it's the church. wrong church yeah. Belcroft Bible Church His
0: name is Pastor Matt White How you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing good I I Just thinking of season finale I feel like we just started That's amazing Yeah,
1: we've actually been doing This is number 50 So, wow. yeah, we've done uh, a bunch of them Season 2 is going to be uh, uh, a d- very different well. Very different Because uh, we have a lot more elements That we can add to And, uh, you know, kind of just put out there but this is gonna be a short one, well the regular size one. Uh I want to uh take some time to thank you all for listening. Um and in the midst of that, uh I appreciate you all uh your feedback and everything. Uh but I have a couple of questions that I wanna ask Matt uh, as the season finale and then we're gonna take some time to, uh to to talk about the gospel. But uh this one is a very interesting question. Um this one actually has to do and, uh, the question is, can you give a definition and an explanation of the authority and the sufficiency of scripture?
0: Oh yeah. That's a good one. And that's an important one. And, uh, is that Beverly? It is Beverly. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good question, Beverly. Um, that's one everybody should, uh, understand and know and, uh, think about mm-hmm. actually quite a bit. So, uh, authority of scripture is, is, uh, we understand that, that, uh, God's word is our ultimate authority in life and practice, right? Everything is based upon um uh, flows out of God's word. It has the final say, mm-hmm. right? God's word is is uh what is our ultimate rule, our ultimate plumb bob. It's it's everything is evaluated against God's word. Why? Because God's word is always true, right? Proverbs 30 Uh, Right, every word of God proves true, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Second uh, Timothy 3 uh, 16 and 17, right? God's word is is breathed out by him Mm -hmm. and is profitable for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness that Mm -hmm. the man of God might be thoroughly equipped. Um, God's word in Psalm 19 is uh, makes wise the simple, and all of these things, right? And so we understand um from From that, and from a myriad of other passages that god's Word is perfect it's true god's word takes on his character and therefore it has ultimate authority mm-hmm. as God has ultimate authority, so does God's word because it's in god's word that we know God, hear God, and and understand what God wants us to do and so um it it is what we follow because in following that we're following God, and so that's uh that's classic that's pretty known. You would struggle to find um, anybody who calls themselves a Christian that wouldn't agree with that. That mm-hmm. would say, "Yeah, God's Word is our ultimate authority and you know final authority in life and practice." You know, and um, every doctrinal statement will say that. will articulate it. We believe the books of the Bible, all sixty-six of them, are inspired by God, breathed out by Him. We believe uh, uh, S- uh, Second Second Peter. Uh, chapter uh, 1 that uh, no prophecy scripture came about by man's own interpretation but men were moved by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. right again speaking of the of the divine nature of the word and therefore it has ultimate authority and um, so God has given to us everything we need for life and godliness and in his word and so there's a sense in which it has ultimate authority that's what we go by that is that's that's a there's a definition, there's an explanation of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, that is pretty well uh, embraced, though not believed. Meaning, when I say embraced, most people will articulate that, they'll say it, churches have it in their doctrinal statement, but they really don't, they really don't follow that in the sense of they they really don't know what God's Word says, they really aren't checking everything by it. So that's where the understanding of the sufficiency of Scripture is really helpful, because Honestly, I think the argument that we really need to be pushing is not the authority of Scripture. That was the argument back in the 80s that um, guys like John MacArthur really uh, uh, defined and declared and defended well, as well as other guys, R.C. Sproul, Alistair Begg, and all those that signed the um, uh, Chicago Statement of Faith and all of that kind of stuff. That was good, but the problem is now everybody embraces It's like the name Christian. Really doesn't mean anything anymore Mm -hmm. because everybody embraces it, but nobody does. Right? So it's like the authority of Scripture, well, it's good for us to understand it and articulate it because we believe it. But the reality is, when we say that, it really doesn't mean anything because everybody says it. But when you start talking about the sufficiency of Scripture, now people, it's in that area that people will willingly say, no, no, I don't believe that. And now you're getting on to something because the sufficiency of Scripture believes and builds upon the fact that god's word is authoritative meaning it's the final word it has the ultimate say i think we should do this god's word says no do this i always go with god's word because god's word is always perfect it's always right it's always true but what the sufficiency of scripture now says and the sufficiency of sufficiency of scripture now teaches that i don't need anything else other than god's word In the sense of God has given me all that I need in his word. doesn't mean I don't need to church. It doesn't mean I don't need my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying all that I need for life and godliness, to be the godly man, I don't need, here's the catchphrase, more revelation from God. I don't need more experience. I don't need anything other than to be obedient to the word of God as he's given it to me because it is sufficient it lacks nothing. Go back to Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scriptures God-breathed. Authoritative, it's God's Word. And it's sufficient, right? Why? Because it's in the Word of God that every man is thoroughly equipped. Every man is rebuked, corrected, and trained in righteousness. How? By the Word. It's the Word that does that. It's the Word, Psalm 19, that makes the wise simple. It's mm-hmm. the Word that rejoices the heart. It's the Word that... That guards the young man and keeps his himself pure. It's the word that I don't that I follow and I submit to instead of Proverbs three, leaning on my own understanding instead of doing that which is disastrous. I know what I trust the word. I follow the word because it's sufficient. It's all that I need. There is no void. It lacks nothing. And hence Psalm 19, 7 to eleven makes that really clear. Psalm or Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen makes that really clear. Um so that issue is is I think uh, probably the most vital in the area of of bibliology in the study of scripture and the and the uh the the embracing of scripture not simply the authority but the sufficiency because what happens is we say yep god has the final word but i have to then go to this i have to get more of that i need this i've got to have this experience so the whole charismatic church right in their theology they do not believe the sufficiency of scripture that's what drives really all that they embrace if they believe the sufficiency of scripture they would not be seeking deeper revelations from god they would not be seeking him to talk to them because he's already talked to them he's still talking through his word yeah i I would i would also the the first thing that came to
1: my mind was the, the the churches that are um Really, really trying to push the love of God on people. Um, God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Um, Those type of churches, the seekers, sensitive churches. um, Because what happens is, that's one side. And because what happens is they want to... Give the gospel in all these different ways. Yeah. So, you know, having a Sunday where, you know, you have a theme where people come and do something specific on that Sunday. You Everybody come and we're all black because, yeah. you know, it's a blackout. Yeah. Or everybody come and, you know, bring your classic car or bring your motorcycle and all these things. That's one side. The other side, uh, is the people like you're saying that, you know, have to you know that they, they, they have to hear from God. Yeah. You know, they have to hear a certain thing from God. The the thing that I, I really um also, a lot of things have, have come to mind as you were talking, um, you know, the the people that I need to hear from God and, and prophecy was the other like kind of the question that, that well, has to do with it. Yeah. So, uh,
0: well, it, it, this helps because one of the issues and this is a big issue in our day, right, is hearing from God mm-hmm. on a personal level. And uh, I always I always like to be really clear. God has spoken and he still speaks. Mm-hmm. He does. He spoke today in this church, Mm -hmm. loudly, Mm -hmm. right? When his word is preached, his word is taught, his word is read, God is speaking.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Second Timothy, the voice of God, the word of God is going out when his word is declared, right? Mm -hmm. It's his word. So he still speaks. We don't need to look for a voice. I don't need to listen for a voice. I just open the word of God and read it, and God is speaking. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, Right. Therefore, it's, it's again, sufficient. I, I, I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones nailed it when he said um, because any self-respecting um, charismatic will say whatever revelation they're looking for or listening for or get from God, it must authority of Scripture, it must agree with Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. So any any good orthodox in the sense of they say they're believers, and there are many who are genuine believers, and they're like, yeah, but but what I'm hearing from God doesn't contradict God. They'll go to Thessalonians and say, so test the spirits with the spirits." So it doesn't go against Scripture. So it's not wrong. Listen, if what you hear agrees with Scripture, why do you need to hear it? <laughs> right. It's 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 meaningless. Like yeah. it doesn't. It's it's pointless. Mm-hmm. God has already spoken, mm-hmm. right? And so, and if and if it doesn't agree with Scripture, it's false. Mm-hmm. And so again, it just shows the 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 inadequacy and the insufficiency of that logic why? Because the word of God is sufficient. Mm-hmm. And even many within that camp, they understand that in the sense of, well, it has to agree with scripture. Then just go with scripture Yeah, just because they're not you're not going to hear anything other right. than scripture. Right. And in your own mind, that's all you're hearing is the scripture that you heard. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Give it up. Justin so,
1: Peters said uh, in one of his uh his, his, his workshops that he does. I think this one was uh, called the clouds without clouds without rain. Clouds without water, yeah, or clouds yeah, without yeah. yeah. And uh, he said, uh, "If you want to hear the voice of God, read Scripture.
0: Yeah. If you want to hear it audibly, read it out loud. Yeah. That's <laughs> you it. Know. I mean, it is. It's so true. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. But you also have what you are describing is is actually, I think, more than the charismatic, um, our charismatic friends who are who don't believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. But you have more, and this is this is very common in our area where you have the contemporary church." who again, and I, and I know guys who will say, yeah, we believe in the authority of scripture and we believe in the sufficiency of scripture. Okay. But then you look at their ministry and they do not believe in that. Mm -hmm. They do, they, they do not because the word of God is given secondary status. If it's given anything, Mm -hmm. right. They believe in the sufficiency of music. They believe in the sufficiency of drama. Mm -hmm. They believe in the sufficiency of dance. They believe in the sufficiency of the concert they believe in the sufficiency of of the outreach events Mm -hmm. putting motorcycles up on the stage and that we need to do that to try to make the gospel appealing again every time you minimize just the simple declaration of the gospel through the preaching and teaching of god's word you are proving you do not believe the sufficiency of scripture that's why i think at the end of the day this is the issue the ultimate issue if a church will embrace not just say they believe it but actually embrace it their whole ministry will change and will be blessed because Mm -hmm. it's in the sufficiency of scripture that god is honored christ is declared and people are saved people are sanctified and the church grows in the right way Mm -hmm. it's through the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the drama team (laughs) by what the ecstatic prayer service Mm -hmm. The smoke in the mirrors, the loud music. I mean, we could just keep going on. Mm -hmm. All of this that we've been dealing with for 25 years in American Christianity, which is a joke, all of it goes back to one thing. Well, two things. One is so many unbelievers in the church Mm -hmm. and in the pulpit as pastors. Mm -hmm. That's another podcast. But this one right here, they do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. We've thrown the Bible out the window because it's archaic in in our mind, and we've brought in man-centered ideas which aren't archaic they're disastrous and we believe the sufficiency of scripture we've embraced it imperfectly because we're imperfect people but we have put all of our eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. and it's this we believe that God's word changes lives Mm -hmm. we believe it converts the sinner to salvation and it sanctifies the saved sinner unto glorification Mm -hmm. that's God's method we didn't invent that. God declared it's His word. God declared and designed and decreed not only the ultimate plan of salvation, but the whole purpose of salvation and the means by which salvation and sanctification would happen, and that is through the ministry of His word. Mm-hmm. We've embraced that, and uh, um, and uh, every faithful church will.
1: Yeah, it's so easy uh, when you're talking about the sufficiency of Scripture um, because. Really, what happens is people want to make themselves sufficient yeah. uh, for the gospel to be preached. Yeah. Instead of like a, a prime example, you have pastors that will stand up Sunday morning, preach um, what well, what they would think would be you know God's word, but. People aren't looking towards them, uh, towards the scripture. They're looking towards them, exactly. uh, and making them famous. Tell them of, a story, yeah, and 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 that's what they're up there for. Got to tell a catchy story, mm-hmm. yep, yep, because they it. want everybody to look at what they are saying, yep. instead of the actual word, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? No. And and that we should be looking to Christ. Mm-hmm. And the only way we're really looking to Christ if we what look to His word because His word points us to Christ. Yeah. And, and so yeah, yeah. No, it it this 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 impacts not just our philosophy of ministry, but our methodology as well. Mm -hmm. So our music should be what? Mm Word-driven. should be saturated with Scripture. It ought to point us to Scripture. It not only drives our our music, what about our missions? Our missions, ultimately, at the end of the day, there's all kinds of things we can do in missions, ministry, and the church, but there's one thing we must do. And that is the declaration of Scripture throughout the globe. That's it, Mm -hmm. right? And I didn't make that up. Matthew 28, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. What about counseling? Every church should have a counseling center. Every church, by God's design, is supposed to be a family of counselors, sadly. It's rare, but that's what it's supposed to be. We're commanded to admonish, exhort, and encourage one another. And listen, you don't need a counseling degree to do that. You need to have a degree in your understanding of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You need to know your Bible. If you know your Bible, you are competent to counsel, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need a psychiatrist, and you don't you don't need a psychologist. You need a good Christian who believes the Bible, lives the Bible, and trusts the Bible to open the Bible to you, mm-hmm. and they will help you. It's called discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. But you need the Bible, right? You don't need the Christian. You need the person who can bring the Bible to you. It's a pretty common phrase for me. I do counseling every week, and especially if I'm with a new couple, I always tell them the same thing I cannot help you. If you're here to hear my word, you might as well leave now because I won't help you mm-hmm. I, I have very I have very little to say to you that's worth repeating hmm. right or that's original mm-hmm. <laughs> but the one thing I can do is I can point you to the one source that will help you, and I can guarantee it it mm-hmm. will help you cuz God has promised and that's his word. Why can I say that with the utmost confidence cuz God's word is sufficient.
1: Mm-hmm. The last uh podcast we left off uh and uh, you gave a teaser. So this is where we come up with the actual uh part of that. Uh, you you went through the gospel and uh at the very end you were talking about how uh Christ was raised from the dead. Yes. Uh what what significance does
0: that have in oh, the life of a believer yeah well i mean myriad one is first peter chapter 1 says clearly that christ uh being raised from the dead gives us a living hope, mm-hmm. right? Which is awesome. I mm-hmm. love that word picture. Mm-hmm. So our hope isn't, uh, it isn't a, a a hope so, it's a no so, mm-hmm. right? A confident expectation. Why? Because our hope is in a living Savior. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we don't look to Confucius. We don't look to Allah. We don't look to Muhammad. We don't look to uh um, buddha we don't look to joseph smith Mm -hmm. we don't look to uh what's the pope's name i can't even think whoever pope benedict or whatever his name is Mm -hmm. we're not looking to him we're not looking to any anybody who's the head of any uh world religion or american religion uh because they're they they either will all die and stay dead by way of uh, physically or they have died and are still dead Mm -hmm. right um jesus christ is the only one Mm-hmm. Who is who died and rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. It is the defining factor that cannot be denied. It has never been thwarted, though many have tried to deny it and overturn it. It is the ultimate, Then there are many, but it is the ultimate defining factor between Christianity and every other world, religion, or any kind of cult or whatever you want to compare uh, to Christianity is this whoever their leader is is dead. Hmm. Jesus Christ is the only one that's alive. So you want to talk about the importance of the resurrection. It's foundational. And that's why Jesus that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus Christ be not raised from the dead, we are to be most pitied mm-hmm. because we have no hope. What we believe is a lie. Right. And it won't work because ultimately, I talked about this a little bit today in the sermon, that right, or before the sermon talking about uh a dear sister who's who's uh not doing well right and um our last battle and our greatest enemy is death, mm-hmm. right? It's the greatest weapon that Satan has. Hebrews talks about that, and um, and it's the it's the biggest issue, right? It's the penalty for our for the curse that God has given to man because of our sin, and it's the biggest uh, elephant in the room that we have to deal with, right? It's the ultimate result of sin. It's the face of sin. That's why death is so nasty. Why death is so wrong? Because death takes that which is. Uh, untangible abstract sin and makes it concrete you see it you see death you hear death it's nasty we hate it we we no one likes it even the unbeliever realizes it's not right and uh, there's only one who has conquered it there's only one who has overtaken it it's jesus christ Mm -hmm. and so yeah so the resurrection is is not only uh establishes for us the living hope it also defines that the um the atonement that christ paid was sufficient it was enough because god accepted it and said yep that's it a raise and that's why it's it's amazing christ raises himself from the dead god raises him from the dead the holy spirit raised so the whole trinity is involved but Mm -hmm. the fact that christ was raised from the dead proves that god accepted the payment right and Mm -hmm. so he accepted it meaning What Christ said, paid in full, when he gave his life, telestai, from the cross, the Father said, accepted. Because ultimately, it's the Father's, right? He's the one who we sinned against, Psalm 51, against God and God alone I have sinned. Mm -hmm. So it's the Father that ultimately smacks the gavel and says, accepted. I'll accept that payment. It's enough, Mm -hmm. right? It's the Father that we have to be reconciled back to, right? And we can't reconcile ourselves, so the Father has to reconcile us back to himself, And, of course, Christ is the mediator that brings man and God together. And it's Christ that God looks to and says, yes, sufficient, sacrifice, accept it. So the resurrection proves that, Mm -hmm. which, again, establishes deeper hope. But also Romans chapter 5 helps us uh, really in this, too, because it says that Jesus Christ was raised for our justification. That's essentially what that's saying, meaning by the fact that he was raised up, our justification now is sealed, Mm -hmm. being declared right in God. God looking at the sacrifice and saying, I will accept that for all to whom you've died for, for all who will believe that is sufficient. That payment works. I'm done. So without the resurrection, you get none of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's vital. So it's uh, it's the focus. It's the point of the spear. The cross establishes the atonement, but the resurrection proves the atonement is sufficient. So, yeah. So that's why. Like I said in the last podcast, you don't ever leave Christ on the cross mm-hmm. and don't ever forget that he went into the grave mm-hmm. because the fact that he comes out is the proof. It is the solidification of the security that we have in the gospel is the resurrection.
1: And when you speak of hope, uh, it's not a hope as like, I hope so, or yeah. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, no
0: no probability, no possibility, no potentiality. That's how we use it. Mm-hmm. It's confident Clear expectation of past promise mm-hmm. believe in me and I will forgive you and you will have eternal life. Past mm-hmm. promise, confident expectation in the past promise will have future fulfillment. Yeah, will come to pass. That's good. That's how the Bible uses the term hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a hope so, it's a no so. Mm-hmm. It means assurance. Yeah, it means assurance, confident mm-hmm. assurance. So, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, we are at the end of
1: a season one a season wow. one. Wow. Yeah, this is crazy. So here's, here's
0: here's a recap. A West Virginia guy ever get on a podcast for a whole season? <laughs> what what good comes out of West Virginia? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. here's don't the thing. tell anybody I'm from there, man. That's John <laughs> MacArthur wants to say. Don't tell anybody that you're from West Virginia and you were you work here. Yeah. So we 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 talked about a
1: lot of things. Mark is has been the most that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, man, we we did the uh, the series uh, of John Street's book uh, yeah. this this season as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, we talked about that. Uh, we also hit like two episodes of the Uncompromising Church. So in season two, we're going to go back to that. There's a lot of stuff in there that is really rich. Yeah. Here's the problem. The problem is the scheduling, the scheduling of actually doing the podcast. Yeah,
0: uh, it's a lot because pray, pray for us. Yeah. Tell, it, tell our listeners, pray for us, man. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, uh, we both have families. I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I only work one day a week, so it's, it's hard for you. <laughs> right so uh so yeah pray for buddy
1: matt works every day every (laughs) single seven days a week he's at work uh this so next season will be a very uh a very good season we're gonna go back and talk about a lot of different topics and then there's more to talk about moving ahead as well but we appreciate you all listening and thank you all for listening and uh we will see you next season on the truth talks podcast take care delighting in the word that we might walk in the
0: truth. A ministry of Belcroft Bible Church.